0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to EJ Sports Debate. I'm Eric Quirida with Jordan and Angie, and uh, I'm going to kick it over to Jordan.
1: Hey, guys. Hope everybody's having a great holiday. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, so Eric and I wanted to do our two-parter, at least, on college, specifically the NCAA. So this week's topic is going to be kind of a starter setup for the NCAA. And the next week, we'll get into some good, juicy controversies. So we, uh, we did our rants last week. We thought it was a great part of the show. It's something we want to keep doing. So if you guys like it, let us know. Um, so Eric, you've got your timer. Two minutes. Go for it, buddy.
0: All right. Hope everyone is doing well. And uh, yeah, the NCAA, uh, where to start on them? There's a lot that can be discussed on their moronic rules and how they govern college athletics. Uh, So I'm just going to rant on the rules because for those that don't know, I worked in athletic recruiting in Chicago for a few years, have family that were college athletes and had every year had to do compliance training. And for those that don't know, compliance training is basically rehashing what you know, and maybe there's some new rules thrown in. I hated those days. I know my family members had had to take those classes, hated them, and we have to do them. Obviously, I mean, everybody, every company, everything—it's all compliance training. Everybody has to do it, but it's boring. But the rules are just moronic. Did anyone know that there's a rule that you can have a bagel, but you cannot have cream cheese on it? Yeah that's the type of stuff that you that the NCAA does and I remember some stupid things but I remember from compliance was don't ask why which is sort of like saying don't push this button because you want to ask why your rules are so stupid and we'll go into all that uh, rules that are stupid controversies that are stupid because of those stupid rules but that's why we do this and yeah I just uh, absolutely moronic is how I can describe the NCAA points Jordan
1: Eric you sound a little bit like our friend Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State so I'll uh... So my rant this week is on the college football playoffs. Playoffs? You're talking playoffs? Yes, Eric Moore Jr. We are. Um, So in every other major sport, and even in most college sports, there's a definitive determination to how we come to a national champion or a champion in the league. In college basketball, there's March Madness, 64 teams, If you want to debate team 65 and 66, I'm sorry, if your team wasn't good enough to be the 65th, 67th, or 70th best team, you belong in the NIT. Just the nature of the business. But only in college football have we decided over the last almost 100 years, forever it was, hey, let's go to the AP. They can pick who's going to play in the national championship game. And then we decided, nah, those guys are biased. We're going to take a computer system, that we dump a bunch of data into, and then that's going to determine who's our national champion or who plays in it. And then in 2015, we said, nah, the computer's not working. People are debating it too much. We're going to come together with a team full of people that are already affiliated with schools who are completely unbiased, if you don't get the sarcasm in my voice. And they're going to decide who plays in it. And it blows my mind that the system has already been formulated in every sport. Guys, there are 10 major divisions, 10 divisions in Division I football. Why can't we have a conference winner from each division, have a 10 team playoff? You want to get Jazzy, throw two wildcard teams in there. I don't care. And let them play. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, how do we get Alabama and LSU in there? I don't want Alabama and LSU every year to play from that. I want to see a team from the MAC. From the Mountain West, I would love to see that. And yes, there is a talent gap in football, which we'll get to at some point in this discussion. But it's so ridiculous to me that we don't just keep it simplistic with college football like we do in every other sport. 10-team playoff, conference winners. Hey, Big 12, that means you actually have to play a title game. Hey, Notre Dame, you should probably join a conference. Shots fired. And that's where my rant is, man. It's so dumb. I hate debating. Well, should we have two teams from the SEC this year, or
0: should we? No. Money, money talks. That's what it's about. It's money. Hey, that's cool and all, but the whole point of this discussion, which is a great lead, in Eric,
1: good throw in, is the NCAA. It's the it's supposed to be a company designed to keep the amateurism of college sports intact, and yet it's all about money. So. That's my rant for the week, everyone. Blast me if you'd like. Uh, e, so know. what's our topic? You want to you introduce our topic for this week or give me your thoughts and opinions, sir?
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to jump in. 2020, obviously, very, very screwed up year. Notre Dame is in the ACC this year. They, are, they did punch their ticket to the ACC title game. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Those that know me know that. I hate that school with a passion. Overrated, sorry. But they are on there, and the person that just coughed saying overrated actually bet me that they would beat Alabama in the BCS title game in 2012. Listen, we all make mistakes, okay? uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I never (laughs) should have done that. No, you shouldn't have. But uh, yes, um, we're just going to go into mainly the history of the NCAA, why it was founded, and why it needs to be changed. Jordan, what did uh, what did you discover?
1: All right. So one of the topics I wanted to touch on this week was specifically why the NCAA exists and why it was created. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going to lead into is... So I pulled this off of the NCAA website. And there's a ton of irony in this. So please just go down this rabbit hole with me for a couple of minutes. The NCAA was founded in 1906 to protect young people Here's some keywords from dangerous and exploitive athletic practices of the time. In 1906, of the time, they saw dangerous <laughs> of the time, and they saw dangerous and exploitive practices in, in college. Now that's predating cell phones, the internet, television, any kind of a sports network. They saw dangerous activities taking place back then. And they said, eh, we probably need to have a governing body. So at the time, it was a great thing. And, you know, they, they had good intentions. Like everything in life, things that usually turn out the worst to start off with the best intentions. And the NCAA, man, I mean, I'll just hit them in the mouth up front. Man, they are the most corrupt, <laughs> ridiculous organization. I mean, it is legal racketeering what those guys do. And they do it under the veil of how they want to protect athletes from dangerous and exploitive things. Yet they are the ones that are probably the most exploitive of those athletes. And it's just irony, you know, and then you've got things like TV, advertising, and then social media, man, this whole notion of a student athlete, especially in 2020, it doesn't exist. Uh, You know, I'm sorry, but when a kid's in eighth grade and he's being recruited by a coach, that's not a student athlete. That's somebody looking for a meal ticket to create money and generate revenue. And, and yeah, the NCAA, I agree that they should have been created back then, but you know, my comparison is th- they're an abacus living in a world full of smartphones. And if they want to sit there and preach their ideals and they still act like that's the shield they want to run on, then that's great. But there's just no reason for them to exist in the current iteration that they do. And, uh, That's just where I'm going to leave off as far as that particular topic. Eric, what you got for me, buddy?
0: Devil's advocate, again, as someone that worked in athletic recruiting that had to have knowledge of recruiting rules and all that. The eighth grade thing, I do find the earlier an athlete is recruited, it's so far, it's rare, but that's when the recruiting process starts. I mean, these kids are committing junior and senior year, so essentially they're recruiting ends sophomore year, so theoretically you should be starting your recruiting a lot earlier. That being said, that talent, the ones that are, I mean, there's the basketball player from Ypsilanti, Michigan, Amani Bates, hyped as the next generation's LeBron James. Years ago there was Matt Barkley, quarterback for – USC being recruited in eighth grade, but that's just rare. Um, that's just the rare thing. Now, these student athletes can reach out to college coaches at points or whenever they want. It's coaches that have to follow it, allegedly have to follow it, but allegedly. Yes, and they have their dead periods and stuff. But student, but prospective student athletes have the right to do whatever they want in recruiting. They can. Call texts and they're filmed to coaches whenever they want. Um, there's no rules against what a student athlete can do for their recruiting, but it's the schools that have to follow the NCAA. And personally, I've I don't like the NCAA. As mentioned in my rant, I think the rules are stupid. I think they. I'm a proponent of. Hopefully, this happens. The. Power the group or the Power 5 football conferences end up splitting from the NCAA and doing their own thing.
1: For the love of god let that happen.
0: Or all or all FBS. I it shouldn't just be the big money schools, but
1: it if, should be all If they,
0: if, the, if the Power 5 left, everybody would follow. Exactly. Uh but yeah, I mean to your point 1906, I mean 104 years ago, almost 105 years ago. What? One hundred fifteen years ago. Sorry, math is. I was
1: good. I was going to see if you math is the not.
0: Math. math is not my strong point, but what?
1: Two plus two is seven.
0: But even uh even that, I mean, you're talking well over a century ago that these rules are created, and I compare sort of it. I compare it to the in a way the U.S. Constitution. I mean, that's probably the best analogy I can come up with. It's dated. <laughs> I love the Constitution, but. Unlike the NCAA, I love America. I hate the NCAA. See, and I think that's the interesting thing is that you and
1: I both can agree we dislike the NCAA. And I think where we start to vary is just as far as why we hate them. So that's the interesting dichotomy of the situation is we both want reform. We both want change. We both openly acknowledge that they need to change and they need to be different. They need to be better and they need to evolve. Want anything else? But I just think that's where we differ because I'm not taking aim specifically at the recruiting process. Even you know, it's just you've got these little things, and I, it's kind of you know the next little area I want to get into. So I guess we could just jump into it. It's, you know, you've got these kids that are taking money at such, you know, and that practice has been going on for so long. Um, you know, it's just it's a business, and you can call it recruiting. It's Who's got the highest bidder to the right kid? And it's not anything new. You know, the whole uh, Nevin Shapiro thing wasn't anything new. Reggie Bush was not anything new. You know, I've got a friend of mine that was a ball player back in the 60s in basketball. And even back then, it was like that. So, and you know, it had to be like that back in the 19, early 1900s. I mean, what other kind of dangerous and exploited things could they be talking about?
0: Yes. I'm so, sure. Yes. When the country was run by Rockefeller and Vanderbilt paying the money.
1: Yeah. They, they weren't corrupt at all. No. And it's just, man, that's what I just, I don't understand it. How, like, it's something that we all acknowledge. I don't, I don't think there's anybody out there that'll disagree or argue that. What happened at SMU was really, really bad. And that's a controversy I'm not going to get into. But to use them as the, the poster child, what happened at SMU was really bad. And they were doing it probably more than anybody ever has. But to sit there and say they were the only ones taking money and, you know, bidding on the highest player, it, it's not recruiting. You know, it, recruiting at its core is true amateurism and it's true. You representing a school and trying to convince a student why they need to pick your institution, based on pretty much any other factor, other than money. Yet in recruiting, that seems to be the biggest thing, and that's that's where I take the issue. So, sorry, I guess that was probably part two of my rant there.
0: That was good. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much the NCAA has to change, um, whether it's how they'd be recruiting, how they why is, I mean, we're going to dive into this next week or maybe later tonight when we go into the controversy rabbit hole, but why do certain schools seem to get off lighter than others? Why, in punishments, why, I mean, what's the point of vacating wins? I mean, what, what does that really do? But Again, we'll go into we can go into all that at a later date or later today.
1: Yeah, as a Carolina fan, I'm going to apologize. They got off like nothing for what they did with those fake glasses. So, except for Rashawn McCants. he gets everything he deserves. Yes. Uh, so then, I guess my next thing I wanted to touch on was just this idea of amateurism, Eric. You know, what do you think it means? Is that because I, I think that's what college sports is founded on is that you can go to a university. The university will provide you with that education, which is kind of the next thing we're going to talk on is pay and stuff like that. Um, But do you think amateurism is still a thing? What's your take on that?
0: I believe it is. Um, Amateurism is still a thing because to the casual fan, to the casual sports fan, there's mainly two there's two sports. It's college football and college basketball. Those are your biggest money makers, but there's so many other sports that get overlooked in the NCAA and they don't have the same things as uh, they don't get the same money as the same amount of money as basketball players generate or football generates, but the scholarships are so different at that level. I mean, for baseball, it's rare to get a full ride. Division three doesn't even have athletic scholarships. It's all academic. And so it just varies. I don't, I mean, so I believe there is amateurism still. It's just mainly depends on if you're one of the 1% or less than 1% that has the wonderful opportunity to play collegiate football or basketball at Duke, at Michigan, at Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, those types of schools, if you're not one of those student-athletes, if you're a student-athlete that is a swimmer, baseball player, hockey, field hockey, whatever, volleyball, you're you're not going to get most of that stuff that those basketball players and football players get. And to me, that's where it can, that's where we can divide That's where we can sort of have a tier and divide what the revenue can be for the sports and those sports though, depend on football and basketball revenue because it gets split through the departments. But if we talk about, which I think we will later on is the payment of student athletes. You're going to have to look at those two sports, basketball and football.
1: Yeah. They, if you look at the statistics, uh, they generate between 75 and 90, and it's much closer to that 90 percent in a lot of schools' cases of revenue. So I understand that sports is a business. You know, I, I'm not that ignorant. You know, just like going to the hospital is a business. Yes, you blow your finger off, they're going to sew it back on, but they're also going to make sure you get that bill in the mail afterwards, because at the end of the day, they had to pay somebody to take care of you. They had to pay to keep the lights on in the hospital. They had to pay the surgeon to sew your finger back on. Kids, be careful with fireworks. Hey, JPP. And I just, I don't know, man. See, I think amateurism is more of an ideal. I think it's this level that we all want to achieve and we all want to believe that, oh, yeah, it's all about the college experience. But I think there's definitely a divide between football and basketball. I think when you get to your college hockey, and your other sports track and field from what i can tell i've never played those sports but from what i can tell is those athletes that play those sports in college they aren't doing it for the recognition news necessarily you know they're not doing it knowing that there's going to be a big payday at the end of the tunnel if that's a possibility The possibilities in basketball and football in college specifically that's where the The bank is backed up to And that's where the money is. You know, that's where the advertising dollars is. There is a reason they have a March Madness tournament that goes on an entire month. There is a reason there's 49,000 bowl games. (laughs) No offense to the Idaho Potato Bowl.
0: um, But, you know, nobody outside of... You're just going to leave out the Beefo Brady's Bowl in Tampa? uh, I'm sorry. No offense to the Belk Bowl down in our city of Charlotte. I think it's I think it's I don't think it's Belk Bowl anymore. I think Duke's bought it. Oh, the Duke's Mayo bought it. Which kid? uh, How Southern is that? Oh God, Duke's Mayo. Sorry, sorry. I'm not gonna go
1: there. Duke's Mayo stinks, but I'm not gonna go there. Um, Another debate. (laughs) Oh God. Anyway, so yeah, I just think with amateurism, man, I just I think it's more of an ideal. I don't think it exists. I think it's one of those things where people want to believe it's there, but I just don't see it anymore, dude. You know, with social media nowadays, it's all about branding, 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 branding. And from the time you are in eighth grade, if, you know, you're one of those people that can make that next step to that next level, dude, these kids are hiring, (laughs) under the table or not, they're hiring agents at those times. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, I don't think amateurism exists. The idea of it does, especially in the top two sports, but... That's just my take. I, I think in football and basketball, amateurism is gone. Not to say the players don't love the sport. Obviously, they love playing it. So that that's separate from the equation. But you would be lying, I think, if you said, "Oh, yeah, they only want to play those things because that's, you know, the love of the game." Or you know, you've been told you're a top prospect and there's a payday coming. Which, hey, I don't blame them. Go get your money when you can, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um... That is a uh, some valid points, but again, I mean you're you're not gonna have I mean what I blanking on the number, I had it written down somewhere. Well, what is it? Fifty four scholarship players for football on a team of ninety five guys. So half are scholarship guys, sometimes not even full scholarship basketball Yeah, that is some of the
1: Coolest Basketball.
0: videos you can watch. Basketball though, being what, you had ten guys on the team and you're saying you're saying that the eighth guy on the bench that only comes in when their team's up or down thirty five points with two minutes left in the game and is a walk on senior that gets his moment. Took that is not an amateur. I mean, that's that's sort of the I mean it's only a few percent. It's only very top guys that I would say take it but then you
1: gotta look at the school you know you look at alabama their fourth and fifth you know rotational guy he's got a shot to go to the nfl it's the 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 the, with when you've got these top schools you know when you've got duke yes their ninth and tenth guy come you know on the bench you know they may be a you know well they're they're not gonna ever have any walk-ons there but you know you're gonna you're going to Duke with the intention of going on in the NBA. You know you're going to Alabama because you know that they're basically a siphon for NFL pro talent, and that's a decision that they have to make. You know, would I rather go ride the bench and get one or two possible years to shine in Alabama, or would I rather go to a smaller school like an app state and maybe have a chance to play my whole career? And that's just a decision that's up to the athlete. So yeah, this to me this isn't debating whether or not players love playing the game or the moments you know the the one of the best moments you can watch are these guys getting scholarships that didn't think they were going to get them
0: i think that's like one of
1: the coolest things you could
0: ever do yes i i do agree with that when you see these kids get rewarded with a scholarship it's it's awesome to watch but i want to bring it up i mean since we're talking about does amateurism exist i say it does when you're looking down the other sports you're And it doesn't in the upper echelon sports of basketball and football, but what's your take on should these athletes be paid? Oh boy, I
1: thought you'd never ask. Um, I mean, first of all, they're already getting paid. I mean, can we at least agree on that? That like they're already getting paid. Yeah. Especially at the top level schools, like they're already getting money, whether it's from nefarious and dangerous and exploitative places or not these kids are getting paid. You know, if you're a top 20 to 30 player on an average college football team or a top 10 player on a, and I think we're going to probably limit to this to just basketball and football. We can obviously talk about the other athletics, but because these are the money sports, I think it's fair to say those are probably the two. Yes. That we could really target. Um, But yeah, dude, they're already getting paid. So let's just get that out of the way. You know, they're already making money. So the NCAA has this idea that you shouldn't be. But they are. So what do they do? They circumvent the system. Why? Because the system doesn't work. People are gonna pay these kids. And you know, the, the topic that I wanted to compare to you, which there's zero politics involved here, the legalization of marijuana. We already know people are gonna smoke pot. You know, it's the <laughs> the most recreational drug this country has. So, finally, the government, unlike the incident, decided, hey, let's evolve a little bit. Let's try and regulate this and make some money off it and do some good. One of the happiest states in this country right now is the state of Colorado. They've got new roads. They've got new buildings. It's booming and busting. And why? Because they decided they wanted to regulate marijuana and make it legal. And they're taxing the hell out of it. And they're generating revenue. It's just all good. And I don't understand why we can't have that in place in college. Um, so that leads me to how we're going to go about it. Or, Eric, you want to give me your thoughts on that before we get into how?
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, do I feel there should be a, a stipend for players? Yes. But in terms of them getting paid, I mean, now that they passed the image likeness thing, which got a lot of people excited that, hey, maybe now we can get the college football games we want, um, which please God, which is a big reason why I'm a proponent for this. But I also wanted to just throw a little wrench in this with a case against it. College football and college basketball players, they're the main scholarship sports. Like I said, I mean, half of over half the football team has a has a scholarship. Maybe I don't know the exact numbers, but let's just say of those fifty some guys, twenty of them have full rides. So their scholarships are there. I mean, we all we all took scholarships in college. I mean, that's the right. I mean, you don't want you don't want to be in debt and, and loans, but scholarships are there for that reason. But these athletes get something that 99% of college college students don't get. They get free gear from Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, whatever apparel sponsors the school. They get access to top-notch training facilities that we could only dream of as average students where we walk into a the gym on campus and it's a a Peloton or exercise bike with a couple weight benches maybe a row machine <laughs> we went to a small school row machine yeah no no we, but, we had like a, but a our shared gym. gym the city view gym that, and that's what yeah. I'm, i mean that was ellipticals bikes treadmills some free weights some free weights and a couple other couple other machines but that was it then you got these student athletes, basketball players, football players that have um that have world class facilities and that's a big thing that people don't get. Oh, and they travel. They get to just travel during the school year to to road games. I mean that's the benefit of being a student athlete.
1: Yeah, but do they really get to hang out though while they're in town? I mean, I'm no. not asking that as
0: a legitimate question. No, it's not I mean, like, not. Not hey, really. we're going to LSU. Let's go party in New Orleans. You know? Right. It's like, no. hey, it's a couple hours away, but from Baton yeah. Rouge. Still, I get your point. No, they don't. I mean, the only time they really do stuff like that is the bowl games at the in the host city and sponsors. This is always, and I'm segueing myself, the gifts they get <laughs> for bowl games. It's awesome. I love when the bowl games get listed and I see, what's this year's swag bag or swag basket? Yeah, I don't ever think about that stuff. I guess that's just me, though. Like, so the NCAA goes against, hey, you can't accept gifts. You can't accept this. Hey, you made a bowl game. Here's a bunch of free shit. Hypocrisy? Maybe.
1: I think so. Unless of course it's sponsored by Philadelphia Cream Cheese, then you can finally get cream cheese on that bagel. Nice tie in. Yeah, like that, right? Yeah, that's that good. good. So, but uh yeah, hey, we may not be able to give you apple juice, but hey, you're in the orange bowl, so you can have all the tropicana you want. You know, I don't know. I just think, you know, the I guess it just depends on the player. And this is just general statements. I obviously don't think every player feels this way, but you know, and education is a great thing. Everybody should have it. Um, but, man, I just – there's still a lot of these reasons these kids are going to school, these schools, especially these top schools where, you know, the reason they can have a big training facility is because that school is generating money. So, yeah, they should those things. Why? Because they're out there on the field getting punched in the face for – 11 to 13 games a season so that the college could get all these benefits you know the kids get swag bags you know how much money the colleges make for going to bowl games i think the players would i, I again make a general statement if i was a player hey man you keep your gear bro give me some of that bread but maybe that's just me and how i'm wired is you know perks and stuff are great said it's great, but. Man, those kids are earning those things by beating themselves to death on the field. And they are earning that education. But you earn your education through the classroom, I think. And I think that's a perk of going to college and getting athletic scholarship. You know, and God knows I don't want anybody to be in student loan debt, which is a whole topic for another debate show. It's a student loan debt situation in this country, which is out of control. Um, but yeah, man, it's not. I'm not saying that I disagree. I just think as, as a player, hey, Swag bags are nice and all. Let me see some of that bread that school is making to go to that bowl game. Because those schools don't pay anything to go to those bowl games. No, You know, they get put in nice hotels. They get treated like royalty. And they should. Those players should get treated that way. You know, they possess a skill and a talent that you or I, if we were on campus, don't possess. I mean... You know, it's a role that has and has nots. And those players, I I think they deserve those things. And I also think that they deserve a cut of the action. So I'll just, I'll leave that there. I don't know if you have any final thoughts on it, or do we just want to go into how or if we should go into paying them?
0: No, I mean, I see see all sides to it. Um, Like I said, I mean, I do believe there should be some sort of payment for it. I mean, if you're given the gifts that they do earn, I was just saying that to be a dick. Um, they do earn. They do earn those. You would never do that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> they do earn. They do earn those, would, and that's why they get rewarded for the bowl games. Totally. Even, even if you are totally. Even if you are six and six, which again I hate that think... so much. But again, there's so many bowl games because of the money, and yeah, if you're bowl eligible and you get to a bowl game, money. The school gets more money. Other athletes other sports get more money. You take that invite no matter what um, because of that. Um, Absolutely. And the TV money, the sponsorship yeah. money. Yeah, I mean, it's all money. And, and what, that
1: money, that I mean, to kind of go against my own argument a little bit, which I don't know why I would, but some of that money that those colleges make goes towards other sports.
0: Exactly. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what it is. I mean, that's because the, the bell cows are I mean that's your bell cow in uh, college athletics it's football and basketball and that's why I feel they make billions of dollars off those sports I mean you can pay like 1% of it and distribute it to the players or I'm going to jump into how we can do it I feel it's a I feel the way to do it is a fund, like a trust fund type deal. Like, hey, you can don't, here's what you're going to, here's what we think you're worth uh, divided by percentage. um, But here's the thing. It's in a bank account. You can't touch it until you either A, go pro or B, graduate. And then you can do it however you want use it however you want but we'll take we'll take x amount out a year for you to buy food for you to have fun be a college kid because those student athletes don't have time to do what we did go to class get back from class nap study god i love afternoon naps Oof. why do you think we took morning classes Oh, they're the best! <laughs>
1: um, you get out of class at like 1 o'clock 12 o'clock yep. you go back to your dorm you get a good pregame nap in you wake up you get some food and then you go be in your
0: early 20s exactly ah, but these student right. athletes don't have that don't have that I mean, that's why they should have that ability when they have that free time to unwind go out with their friends from their classes if they attend them um, but really really yes. are you just gonna, just gonna put that in there i subtle shot but uh
1: i mean i took it out myself earlier so yes
0: but yeah i mean so that's, that's my thought
1: I, i'm along the same lines first of all i absolutely loved your point because it was in my notes too you know however you want to go about it a bank account trust fund whatever you know we're gonna park money over here And I absolutely, 100%, because I think these kids, one thing that you hear a lot from pro athletes that they wish they had done differently is they wish they would have finished their education if they didn't. You know, that's why these guys like Larry Fitzgerald, who I don't remember what he's on, but I'm pretty sure he was still taking classes, at least recently, is, God, he's smart, is getting an education. And I think that is the absolute, like, why else would you go to school?
0: Exactly. Other than exactly
1: right, that that should be the ultimate goal is for you to get an education. I mean, yes, after that education, the point is to get a good paying job, and if you're very lucky enough to go to the NFL, the NBA, MLB, whatever, you know, NHL, then absolutely you should have the ability to afford it to you. But yeah, I think those two caveats, Eric, you said perfectly. You either go pro or you graduate where I differ a little bit is I think there should be a tier system. And I, I put some thought into this. I obviously don't work out, didn't work out the economics. I'm not an economics guy at all. Um, but I would like to see a tier system put into place with how you determine how much money, maybe it's a percentage, whatever, to your point. But I think every school should get X number of like a tier. Five, kind of like they have recruiting. You know, you're a five-star recruit. You're a four-star recruit. You're a three-star recruit. I think that in order to pay these players, you should be able to designate these kids into these different buckets. And then it's universal. So that way it's not, you know, so, these top players are all making slightly different amounts, but hey, these are our top-tier players.
0: So the three-star that a guy like, say, J.J. Watt or... Yeah, let's go J.J. Watt. Wasn't recruited that bit that big in high school, and played at Central Michigan for a year, and transferred to was delivering pizzas. Ended up in Wisconsin, walking on to Wisconsin, and best of, and he's going to be go to the Hall of Fame and the best defensive player since Lawrence Taylor. I I said it. So uh, no, I. So does that tier system? Does that tier system? Are, you, are these NFL scouts going to, or NBA scouts or whoever going to go? Okay, so freshman was a three star, entering his sophomore year. If he would have gone in the draft, would he have gone? Does he stay at a tier? Did he fall a tier? Does I he... think
1: it's the way I had structured it was more based on pay. And at that point, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought of that. Well, what if you have a JJ Watt who was a walk on and then developed? He should be rewarded for that, right? Um, absolutely, you know, to have somebody put in the work, which, first of all, I love J.J. Watt. Oh, my God.
0: You can't hate the guy.
1: Like, if you want a person that is an athlete to model your kids for, that is the guy. Charitable, good family man. Man, I just, I adore that man. For the love of God, protect him at all costs and but so yes i absolutely think that when you have this money first of all you should have a ton of regulation in it you're going to have to and you know if the the comparison i'm going to use is like a guidance counselor type role but maybe instead of a guidance counselor it's a financial counselor and i think every year those evaluations should be made you know now who determines them and stuff like that i don't know so that's where the gray area i guess could sneak into but I absolutely believe a college should be able to reward a kid. So if JJ Watt was recruited at a tier two and his play has allowed him to jump up to that tier, I absolutely think the college should be able to reward him with that. But then it goes into well, how many do you get and stuff like that. But I think what my mindset was, was then it boils down to, you know, if you're a player that, you know, how long-term are your goals? are you okay with being a tier one player at Alabama knowing that at some point you could play and you could have that opportunity? Or do you go to maybe a slightly smaller school instead of Alabama? Maybe you go to a, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take a mid-level school. I'm going to take Wake Forest because I live in winston Salem, you know, maybe instead of going to an Alabama and riding the bench for three years, potentially, or redshirting and stuff like that, like a lot of those guys do. Maybe do you consider, hey, I could be a tier five guy at Wake Forest. And, you know, I, there could be all kinds of things in relation to play. There's a lot that would have to go into it. But, you know, what would scare me would be if you go just based on the percentage, are these players going to talk about the percentage? Right. You know, is, is there going to be, well, hey, you know, Reggie got, you know, 1.4%. That's which would be way too much, but you know how come I'm only at one point one? I outplayed him, so I think that's where my mindset was with creating the tier okay. system. You know, it would be you eliminate the pay disparity as far as who gets what more? Just hey, I'm a tier four guy, and that that's again that in the fact that I think it would help with the talent as far as because I mean there's a clear talent situation in college. Not that there's a lack of talent, but it's pretty disgusting that think, every year Alabama.
0: You think it would be it would create a little more parity in college?
1: Yes, likes. thank you, thank you. And, you know, which kind of goes back to my original point of man, we got to. My rant about fixing the playoff. You know, I, this week I love and I know we kind of talked about it in the pre-show. Eric, who has the game of the week this week? Who's got game day?
0: In Conway, South Carolina, new, fairly new to the FBS ranks. Two time college World Series baseball champions, the Coastal Carolina Chanacleers, who was gonna play Liberty, coached by Hugh Freeze, who I believe will leave there soon. Get replaced by BYU and Zach Wilson. Which I want to touch on that real
1: quick because I talked about that before the show with one of my other buddies. I've always felt like BYU was one of those colleges that was like upstanding. And for them to step in and say, hey, we'll play them, tells me everything I need to know about that school. You didn't see, I mean, I'm sure they had games this weekend, but even if they didn't, you would never see Alabama or Ohio State or Texas rushing to play the number 18 ranked undefeated CCU. But BYU stepped up. As the 13th, they have almost nothing to gain by winning that game. I don't think. I mean it'd be a good win on the record, but people can just dismiss it and say, well, it's close to Carolina.
0: Well, the top group the top group of five team gets the at large bid. There you go. So that's so that's, one, that's a big reason. That's, that's their incentive. Yep. But I, I, I still if I don't know if I would have taken that. Yeah, but I think. love the
1: fact that they stepped up.
0: Yes. And love it. And that's the great thing. I love that I love that uh, we're seeing these smaller schools get loved by ESPN now. Uh, but as far as paying it I mean well, I want to kind of wind this down but the big question is 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 a pay is paying players going to end scandals I don't think so not at all no and that's what we'll touch on next week perfectly said sir so we appreciate you listening to this week's uh, edition of EJ Sports Debate. Next week we will go into if uh, pain players would end scandals, and also discuss some of our favorite scandals and
1: oh, it's gonna be fun.
0: Why most of them are complete horseshit. Hi SMU. So, thanks for joining us. Like, subscribe, and uh, join us next week. Bye, guys.